0: We're going to read the Bible together now. So John chapter 3, verses 1 to 21. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you were doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that they have done what has been done in the sight of God.
1: Well, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you if you have ever noticed how the desire for a fresh start and the desire for new beginnings is woven into our experience of life in this world. Have you noticed how the desire for a fresh start and new beginnings is woven into our experience of life in this world? You'll see it in the way we think about our homes and our surroundings, TV shows like The Block, or uh, better homes and gardens, or escape to the country, or uh, uh, Chip and Joanna's fixer-upper on Channel 94, and um, perhaps that uh, show might have uh, aired once or twice in our home. Um, uh, they speak of our desire. They speak of our desire uh, for the excitement of a fresh start in our home life, don't they? Uh, You'll see it in the way we think about our bodies and our lives as well. Shows like Extreme Makeover or the money that people spend on self-improvement courses with these global celebrity gurus uh, speak of our desire to be our new or our best self. Uh, You'll see it in our desire for better relationships. Uh, The dating shows where the search for Mr. or Mrs. Right is where people pin their hopes. or or the search for more harmonious relationships in life. I am reliably informed by members of my household who may have seen this movie um, that even uh, apparently the latest Barbie movie is all about the search for a reset in relationships between men and women in this world. Now um, a disclaimer, I have not nor do I have any desire or plan to see this movie and I, I, I give you permission to give me a very very hard time if you ever hear that I do go and see this movie. Um, But um, uh, it it is striking, is it not, that a movie about a plastic doll from the 1960s uh, should tap into these profound themes. Uh, You'll see this desire in our political cycle as well. We we, we seem to constantly pin our hopes on the new crowd down in Canberra, or the new crowd down there in Macquarie Street, and uh, we seem to uh, gleefully send them to the dustbin of political history. Uh, when they cannot deliver what we yearn for. We yearn for a fresh start in so many areas of life, and yet it would seem our experience of life in this world continues to frustrate our search. As finite beings, we are vulnerable in the face of our own personal frailties, and in the face of our own mortality, and we are helpless solving the problems of a broken world. There is wealth enough in this world to go around, but it never reaches the masses. Peace is one act of forgiveness away, but we cannot put down our weapons. We seem completely unable to reconcile and to overcome our differences. And September 11, uh, the ongoing events in the Middle East, decade after decade after decade, events in the Congo uh, and Ukraine, tsunamis in Asia, pandemics, floods and bushfires, these things cry out to us that we live in a fractured world, a world that is crying out for a fresh start but seems unable to find it. Tonight as we come to this very well-known part of the Bible, Jesus Christ says, yes, we do need a fresh start in life, but he also says that the way to achieve this fresh start is not through human effort. Uh, rather, the fresh start we truly need comes only by God's gracious gift. The key idea of this very well-known passage is there in verse 16, Jesus says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. As we are on our own, we, 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 our, our world is fractured, Jesus says. We are perishing and we are lost, Jesus Christ says, but God has stepped in with a gracious gift of hope and it is this that I want you to consider with me tonight for the next few moments. Now, understand that the scene behind this statement of the Lord Jesus Christ is that Jesus' public ministry has taken off. Word of the Lord Jesus Christ had spread like wildfire all over first century Israel. Jesus healed the sick. Jesus performed astonishing acts of power. Uh, uh, The religious and the unreligious in that society were all drawn to the Lord Jesus. Jesus was absolutely magnetic. And on this particular occasion, the apostle John who uh, was an eyewitness to much of the ministry of the Lord Jesus and who records this event. He records here in chapter three and he says, now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. And he came to Jesus at night and he said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God for no one could perform the signs that you are doing if God were not with him. Uh, This man Nicodemus, you see, was from the elite school of first century Jewish devotion. He was a Pharisee. In fact, he was a leader of the Pharisees. He was a member of their ruling council. They were, you see, they were the cream of the crop, religiously speaking. They were the inner circle of inner circles They were the custodians of the faith. And Nicodemus has clearly been watching Jesus in his ministry uh, from a distance, and he he, he feels himself drawn to Jesus. He is intrigued and he is drawn, but he doesn't come by day. No, he comes undercover incognito at night to sound Jesus out. And in verse 2, as you can see, Nicodemus begins this interaction with Jesus fairly tentatively. Rabbi, he says, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. Uh, It's like he's saying, listen, Jesus, I'm curious, and and I'm curious about what you're on about, and I have a question that I'd like to ask, but where do I begin? And uh, people, of course, would do this in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. They would come to Jesus with all kinds of questions. They would come with all kinds of conundrums, some were moral questions, some were family questions, some uh, people came with infirmities, and infirmities of the mind and the body that they wanted healed. Uh, but many of them were genuine, some of them were not. There is another occasion when another very eminent religious figure comes to Jesus and he says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do to inherit eternal life? That was the question you see on many people's lips. They knew that their world was broken and they knew of God's promise to fix it. And they were coming to Jesus and they were saying, how do I be part of that? How do I enter life in God's promised new reality? And maybe that is your question. Maybe you have come here tonight uh, with a longing for something new, something fresh, something lasting, something real. Maybe that was Nicodemus's question. Notice that Jesus doesn't actually let him ask the question. He just cuts to the chase and answers the question he knew was uh, coming. And Jesus says in verse three, Uh, Jesus replied, and he said, Very truly I tell you, Nicodemus, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And I want to just pause at this point and say that this question that Jesus is addressing is the age-old question, and virtually every philosophy... And every religious system is given, in some sense, to answering this question. The question comes in many forms. I once uh, had a friend look me in the eye and say, Listen, Baden, mate, I I feel like I have mucked up my life so spectacularly. I would like to take my life and put it in a washing machine and clean it and make it new. Do you know what I mean if I were to say that to you? And I said, mate, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, The question comes in religious forms as well, from the intricate system of Buddhist thought to the towering legal code of Islam, all of them wrestling with the brokenness of our world and yearning for a better one. And people have asked this question across every culture and every age of human history, and people still wrestle with the question today. I was watching a debate some time back between a very eminent religious figure in this country and between uh, Richard Dawkins, the very eminent atheist on ABC's Q&A, and during the course of the debate, the debate steered itself towards these questions, to questions of creation and life and eternity, and it was very clear that the audience was animated by this discussion. People putting up their hands. Uh, uh, involving themselves in the discussion, um, uh, they were all commenting, and the the Twitter feed was lighting up at the bottom of the screen. Our world is fractured. Life is not as it should be. Is the answer better, better government programs? Is it better life improvement strategies? Jesus Christ says, the way out of the mess is you must be born again. Now, I don't know if you've had that experience when someone is speaking to you uh, and you're having trouble sticking with them. Uh, Maybe you're having that experience at this very moment. Um, That's Nicodemus. Uh, It's clear that he's having trouble sticking with Jesus on this idea. And you can see Nicodemus maybe scratching his head and having a think. And uh, maybe there was an awkward pause as Nicodemus finally comes back in verse four and he says, well, uh, thank you very much, Jesus. That's very enlightening. Uh, But just one small follow-up question, if I may. Uh, How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. And you have to say, it's a fair enough question. It's a fairly jarring concept from Jesus. Is Jesus speaking literally here? And so in verse five, Jesus clarifies. And he says, very truly, I tell you, Nicodemus, no one can enter the kingdom of God, no one can have the eternal life you seek, no one can have the fresh start you seek, unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit, that is the Spirit of God, gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going so it is with everyone born of the Spirit." You see, it is a spiritual reality that Jesus is describing. You've been born once in the natural way, and every single person in this room has experienced that birth, but to enter the kingdom of heaven, to be part of the uh, brilliant new reality of God, That is something that God, by His Spirit, must do in you and He must do for you. It's a bit like um, when you buy someone a bunch of flowers. What do you notice about those flowers a few days after purchase? Well, from the moment they've been severed from that stem, and by the time they actually reach their destination, Those flowers are already on the way out. They have been cut off from their life source. They are not long for this world. So too with us. Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, your problem in life, Nicodemus, the problem of this world is not actually a physical problem. No, it is profoundly, it is irrevocably spiritual. Like a clipped rose, humanity, cut off from God the giver of life our lives and our world are fractured we are cut off from the life of God and we cannot on our own seem to fix things and yes we can try and paper over the cracks for a while with the latest things the new house the new car the new job the new relationship, but they never satisfy in a lasting way. Not to mention disappointment and brokenness on a world scale. Fraud, theft, jealousy, murder, rage, corruption and abuse. Uh, we are and our world is fractured. What's needed, says the Lord Jesus Christ, is you must be born again born from above forgiven and restored by God our maker washed and made new by the God of the second chance and I want to just pause at this point before we move on and say to you that this claim is the claim that lies at the heart of the Christian faith have you ever wondered what it is that Christians are on about this claim lies at the very heart that if we are ever to experience a fresh start in our lives in the here and now and eternal life in the age to come, then God in his kindness must and he is able to transform the life of every person in this room tonight. He is able to cleanse us of our imperfections, our sins and our failures. He is able to renew our hearts and our minds and fix us on a path to eternal life, giving us a new hope and a new purpose and a new joy and a new direction and a new love. That is the reality that Jesus is describing when he speaks of the new birth, spiritual renewal. Some might respond to this and say, listen, I don't think I need that. I've lived a decent life. I've held it together. But Jesus Christ says, you do need it you must be born again to see the kingdom of heaven there is nobody more qualified from a religious point of view than Nicodemus Nicodemus was as religious as a person could possibly ever be and still to Nicodemus Jesus says you must be born again notice as well in verse 13 Jesus says that we can trust him on these matters He is the one who came from heaven to speak with authority on matters of life and eternity, and his resurrection on Easter Sunday guarantees he is trustworthy and he is who he claimed to be. So if that is the fact of the matter, and we must be born again, how do we receive this new birth, this fresh start that God offers? Well, verse 16 has the answer. It is simple but wonderful. Can you see, Jesus says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Did you catch that? It is the entire message of the Bible in a nutshell It is the heartbeat of the Christian faith. Uh, Notice briefly a few things about God's amazing offer, if you will. Notice firstly, it is the love of God that makes the fresh start possible. For God so loved the world, Jesus says, that he acted. I don't know about you, but I meet a lot of people in this world today who look at this world with its uh, great beauty and yet spectacular heartache and They are tempted to throw up their hands and say God lost interest in this place a long time ago, but Jesus Christ sees a very different picture to that. He speaks of a God who is passionately concerned for the world he has made, and he speaks of a God who has gone to great lengths to save it. For God so loved the world, Jesus said, that he acted. God's love is high, God's love is wide, God's love is deep the Bible says, and there is no one beyond the love of God. Not me, not you. Notice, secondly, this fresh start is made possible because of the costly love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Costly love. Friends, the New Testament is filled with the historical recollections of eyewitnesses who saw Jesus Christ stride through Palestine with power and might, speaking and acting with authority, with wisdom and grace, healing the sick, the blind, the infirm, the lepers, exerting power over nature, over evil, and even over death itself. In his ministry, Jesus Christ displayed the love of God for his world, he demonstrated the power and authority of God to give this world the fresh start that it needs. Indeed, in the ministry of Jesus Christ, we see a glimpse now of what life will be like in the coming age when God restores all things, a reality of no more sickness, no more suffering, no more pain. The way our world is today is not the final word. The day is coming when Christ will return in power to restore all things and justice and peace and joy will flow like a river in that day in the kingdom of God. But of course, the love of God for his world is seen most clearly in Jesus' death on a cross and his resurrection over the grave. Jesus said in other places, that the entire focal point of his life, the very reason why he came into the world was to lay down his life for sinners like me, for sinners like us here tonight, and then to take his life up in victory with power to offer full and eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son costly love. Notice thirdly, this fresh start is eternal. It is a quality of life that begins now and stretches on forever in relationship with the living God. It is not a quick fix or a fleeting solution. It is a robust and secure answer for all eternity. It can never be taken away from us. And fourthly, How do we receive this fresh start that Jesus offers? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. When we put our trust in Jesus and the price he paid for us, our past is cleansed. Our present is strengthened and our future is secure and God energises us to live for him with a new hope and a new life and a new purpose for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. I came across the biography of Leo Tolstoy a while back, the Russian writer, where he admits that his whole life had been one long search for meaning. And he writes that as a young man, he thought he'd found meaning in pleasure. Uh, As a soldier in the Russian army, he loved wine and sensuality and song. When that no longer satisfied, he looked for meaning in wealth. Uh, He inherited his father's estate and he became one of the wealthiest men in Russia. But still, he says he felt a vacuum in his soul. Soon he turned his efforts to fame and he thought, If he could just make his mark on the world, then maybe that might be it. And so he wrote the great novel War and Peace, as you do, and he became one of the greatest men of his time. But still, he himself felt no peace. Then it was family that drove him. He got married in 1862 and had 13 kids, Uh, not all in the same year, I presume, and uh, he, he thought for a while, maybe this is it, maybe family's the answer. But one day as he sat in the garden of his sprawling estate and as he watched his own children playing and as he reflected on the fact that they too would all be dust one day, he says it plunged him back into a deep, deep despair and he thought to himself, what meaning does my life have Uh, that the certainty of death does not destroy. But at the end of his biography, uh, Tolstoy's search did end when he found rest for his soul uh, in a one-to-one relationship with Jesus Christ, who gave his life for him and was raised again. And I put it to you tonight, as Jesus Christ puts it to each of us tonight, we all find ourselves yearning in life That is the universal human experience. And even when life is going as well as it could ever go, we still yearn for something more. Though we may not realise it, we are yearning for the kingdom of God. We are yearning to be with God in his perfect eternity in the coming age when he will restore all things. Jesus Christ says, no one can enter the kingdom of heaven unless they are born again. But trust in me and you will surely enter. Friends, I want to invite you to respond to Jesus Christ tonight. Uh, The Christian message is one that invites this of us. It invites a transformation of our lives and a total change in outlook as we reorient ourselves towards the living God. Uh, This may be the first time you've ever considered these things. And if you've come in with a friend tonight, we're so thrilled to have you. And I hope you've enjoyed yourself and I hope you've been informed. But it may just be that God has addressed you in a personal and a searching way way tonight in his word. I'm going to pray a short prayer. It's a prayer if you would like to do business with God tonight. There's the prayer, it's there on screen. I'm going to pray each line and I'm going to pause after that line to allow you to echo that prayer to God in the quietness of your own heart. Here's what I'll pray. Have a listen to this. Have a think if if this is a prayer you want to pray to God tonight. Heavenly Father, thank you for my life and all that you've given me to enjoy. I admit that I have resisted your right to be in charge of my life. I no longer want to live that way. Thank you that Jesus has secured eternal life for me. Thank you that he died for my sins and rose again. Please renew my life tonight. Help me live with Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. Is that a prayer that you are willing to pray to God tonight? Will you trust the words of the Lord Jesus Christ when he says you must be born again. Perhaps you desire to recommit your life to Christ tonight. Uh, Perhaps it is that you came to know the Lord Jesus some time ago, but there are elements and activities and uh, uh, elements in your life that that are inconsistent with a life of following Jesus Christ as Lord, and you realize that you need to come back to the foot of the cross tonight and commit your life afresh. Uh, to the Lord Jesus. The Bible says, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day God has appointed for you to make peace with the living God. So I urge you, uh, if you are hearing the call of the Lord Jesus Christ, I urge you to pray with me now. I won't ask you to say this aloud. Please pray this to God, he will hear you. Pray in the quietness of your own heart But if you want to do business with God, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for my life and all that you've given me to enjoy. I admit that I have resisted your right to be in charge of my life. I no longer want to live that way. Thank you that Jesus has secured eternal life for me. Thank you that he died for my sins and rose again. Please renew my life today. Help me live with Jesus as my Saviour and my Lord.